You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy D'Angelo here and we are back with another episode of the that was Cinnamon terrible. and Sugar Podcast. Ooh, fellas. Ooh, that's, that's, that's how time is. That's terrible. Man, I, I, I know it was terrible, but this is what I don't understand, man. Whenever we're gone or we're not able to be here, why does time always pick on me, man? One. And two, they sound nothing like me. Nothing like me, Gary. Or do you I, agree to I, I, I feel like he didn't try to change his voice because... I feel like people might have said he was trying to be he's racist in a form by trying to what? talk to you. Nah. So I think that's why he didn't do Not it. Not in know, 2022, Gary. Nah. Uh-uh. I thought time was uh, uncancelable. He is supposed to be, but I think yeah. he's so scared. Ah, that's funny. That's funny. What we got today, man? Well, well speaking of time, obviously he's not here. Uh, yeah. He had his alone time. So we were talking to him before. And uh, he was not allowed. His significant other said he's not allowed to do it today because he's been gone all week. So uh, he is he is in trouble right now. So he's no. in the dog house. No, so no, 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 no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let me, let me get this straight. Let me make sure I understand this correctly. So Tom's not allowed to do the podcast because he's been gone? For work, or? yes, I believe. That was that. Now that's coming from Time's mouth, not his significant other. So he could just be putting it in there, and it that not be the case. But that's what he told us. So he's I mean, blaming I her. I, I I don't know. I've I've seen I've seen significant others do some significant things, whether it's keeping kids from their parent, their other parent, whether it's keeping their significant other away from video games, out of the strip clubs, or from drinking alcohol, or whatever it may be. I'm assuming that in this case it's the podcast, Gary. I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit torn, bro. It, it hurt. Well, we're we're at to bring it up next week. Hopefully he'll make it next week. You never know. You know, yeah. time's all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we can dive in what we did this weekend, Gary. Uh, I mean, I guess we can kick it off there. What did you do this weekend? I, I'm I'm interested to hear. Um, my garage is clean and. Wait, hold up. <laughs> Like you clean your garage or your father cleaned your garage? Yeah, it was a mix of both. When you say a mix of both, like are you in the supervisor role or you more? No, it like- was he cleaned some of it, a lot of it, and then I just finished it because uh, he cleaned a lot of it while I was gone. And then I finished okay. it back at home. But now I have both my vehicles or two of my vehicles in the garage. Okay. So uh, it just it looks better in there now. And, uh, that's about all I've done, really. I haven't done anything else. Okay. Okay. I, I see. I, I, I had a question for you, Gary, because, you know, around my house, uh, you've seen the pictures and the videos that have surfaced throughout the summertime of snakes. Mm-hmm. Do you have that snake issue? Because I know you do live in Florida, and, you know, you have pythons, and you have anacondas, and you have all type anacondas. of invasive species. In Florida, I just wanted to know, man, how were you living amongst those snakes, alligators, and crocodiles? So uh, there's no crocodiles for, <laughs> unless you go to the zoo. Um, it, it, I, it's hard for me to answer this question because when I give you my honest answer, your wife gives me the feedback of, I saw two in one day. 
when that's yeah. referring to alligators, when I've literally seen three alligators in my life living in Florida, she saw two in one day and she never lets me live it down. She thinks they're, in, they're coming out of sprinklers. She thinks they're in puddles, any form of water, <laughs> there's an alligator in it. So it's now a running joke. But uh, so it's hard for me to say about the snakes because I feel like I'd get the same backlash. But I do see snakes occasionally. I have, uh, we've seen a couple of piddly, pygmy rattlers, which they would probably hurt, but they're not going to kill you because of their poison. They don't have enough poison. Okay. We've killed those. So look, I, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and and I'm, this is me being honest with you. This is me being honest with the people that are around me. This is me being honest with myself. I, no, I am not a snake ex- expert. I don't know the venomous ones from the non-venomous ones, but I'm not trying to stick around and find out, Gary. Everything in Florida can kill you, okay? Mm. Like everything, mm. yeah, you, talking about uh, 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 you do realize there's alligators snatching dogs and shit from the doorsteps of neighboring neighborhoods and living their best lives off just domestic. Well, well that dogs. is that is the size of their normal prey. <laughs> What I'm saying though, like I, I don't have that That's problem where I live, bro. We don't have alligators. We don't have alligators snatching, you know, uh, domesticated pets from people's doorsteps. We don't have I don't, that. I issue. don't have alligators snatching things in mine either. Well, you don't know, Gary, I, dude. I saw a bear come to your back door and go through your trash can. I didn't even know Florida had bears. Mm-hmm. I, I'm being honest with you. I didn't know that that part of Florida had bears. I've seen one bear in my life living here. Yeah. And that was it on my camera. I've yeah. never seen the, one. The, the bear climbed your damn trash can like a stripper pole, slid in the trash can, got the trash out, and used your lid of your trash can like he was damn Captain America. And you're going to say you've only seen one. It was that's, at your that's house. The, that's the only one I've seen, yes. Here, you. Okay. But uh, let me let me clarify how I saw it there, though. It just happened to be when my buddy went deep sea fishing, caught a bunch of fish, cleaned it at my house, and the fish was in the trash can. It's literally been the only time a bear's ever gone through my trash is because there was a bunch of fish in it. Well, it lets me know that there's bears in his area as well. Correct. So not only are there alligators. There's bears in North Carolina. I understand that there's bears in North Carolina. I know where those bears are. They're up in the foothills or in the mountainous area. I did not know, Gary, not only do I have to dodge alligators at your house and these invasive species of snakes that people have that, that from these exotic pet owners that y'all have out in Florida, I got to dodge those. Probably some lizards out there that can kill you that we probably can't talk about. Some salamanders that will probably sneak up and bite you and get some type of rash that'll later kill you. You probably got Komodo dragons out there. That'd be just walking cool. around. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But that's see, you problem. have mountain lions, which we don't have. Yeah, we don't know that, Gary. We don't know. And up until you I saw that bear on yeah, your camera, have... I didn't know. We don't know that. We don't but know we, that. But we know there's mountain lions and bears in North Carolina that. where we, we've we done know. the Bigfoot hunts. We, we do know that for a fact. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now. If all else fails, we know that that alligator ain't backing down at all. That bear ain't backing down at all. That we know that lives at your house because you had fish in your trash can one time and he paid you a visit. So he lived back there somewhere. He ain't going nowhere. So you got a little, you got a neighbor that you probably need to go see about and make sure that he cool. But he grown, grown now because that was what, a couple years ago? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, he's full grown now. He got kids. Like he got little cubs running around there, waiting on you to one of your friends to come clean fish again, so he can come back through and show like, oh yeah, they do this like once a year, and we come through that once a year to let Gary know that yeah, we still here. We still here. Lock your door. We still. So that I've only seen the bear once. Obviously, we have Florida Panthers, hence the pan- Florida Panther, but never seen one. My dad has seen a fox. We have a lot of the black racer snakes, which we don't kill. I let them be because they keep any other things away from me. But now if we see a water moccasin, or which I don't have water around for them to be here, but like if I saw a pygmy rattler or a rattlesnake, we kill it. We don't let it live. But I've never seen an actual rattlesnake in this. Obviously, they're probably here somewhere, but I've never seen one. Yeah, I, I go ahead and tell me, man. What kind of turtles y'all got out there, man? I know y'all ain't got like regular turtles. Yeah, we have those, the tortoises. Look not at that. They, they'll kill you too, won't they? No, not this. We don't have the snappers. Uh, we have, well, they probably snappers somewhere, but not that live around here that live in my yard. Those are like the little tortoise ones that dig their little holes and they go in there. Yeah, this is this is what blows my mind, Gary. You don't believe that. Like, just think about it. everything that happens in Florida, bro. Everything that happens in Florida. If there's a jacked up headline of somebody doing something crazy, it's usually out of Florida. Hence, Florida man, and hence that. That theme and terminology that's kind of associated with the the great state of Florida, right? My question to you is: Is do you not think that you are a little bit insane to think that Florida, which you can acquire an exotic license to carry and hold and breed whatever type of wildlife that you choose fit to 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 breed? There's alligator farms out there. I don't know why. When you can just go out in the uh, not the bayou, but in the swamps and find alligators and bring them back, or however they want, they like stray dogs, if you ask me. But there's pythons and there's really huge anacondas because people have not anacondas. They are pythons. It's not anacondas. You, pythons. They look like anacondas. Yes, they do. Okay, for word's sake. Okay, pythons. But there's a lot of invasive species that shouldn't be in Florida that are there now due to people letting exotic animals go. With that being said, I've had this conversation on another podcast, and I want to have this conversation. So you're cheating on me with different podcasts. Well, no, I'm not cheating on you. You know, I just, when somebody wants me to come on, you know, I usually, you know, go on. (laughs) But but what I'm saying is, is this. Do you think that people should be able to own exotic animals? We all know that there's people out there that have dogs or cats or some domesticated animal that they shouldn't have. So do you think that in the state of Florida, any state for that matter, should give people like, you know, the Tiger King or Mike Tyson, for instance, like, why the hell does this man own a tiger? No, like, only you zoos. Agree? You see what I'm saying? Like, only, why? Only zoos. Why is that even a thing, though? Like, I, who, you, you know what? I think I'm going to own a couple bears. Not because I, like, like bears, just because I can own them. Well, I think some of it, some of it starts as like a rehabilitation type place, but then it goes more. Like I think people get into yeah. it first for rehabilitation, yeah. 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 and then yeah. they they realize they can make money, and they're like, oh, yeah. well, let me change it up now. Gary, why the hell are you rehabbing alligators, man? Well, like, I don't, I'm not saying it's alligators. I, I, but. I don't know if you saw this, but it was a it was a video going around, viral video going around, where this lady she took an alligator. To, she was like one of those like private zoos where they come to your house for kids parties and the alligator bit her hand did the death roll she rolled with it she saved it but it looked like she broke her wrist 
my I had three questions. The first question is, is why do a three to six year old need a damn reptile at their birthday party? Like, why are you bringing dangerous animals, apex predators to kids birthday parties? That's one. That's let's get past that question. Gary. Why are we bringing apex predators to kids birthday parties? I think it's more for the parents versus the kids. I, that makes no sense to me, Gary. It makes no sense to the me kid, at all. The, the parents want some kind of, uh, I guess, entertainment because the kids are too young at that point, or the kids might be fascinated with, and they think it's something cool to do. I don't agree with it. I just, I think that's the reasons why. Gary, I, I can see a little bunny. Oh, look cute! Look at the little bunny. The camel. <laughs> look at the camel. Look at his hump. Look at the the, the horse. Look. at Oh, man, he's just a little miniature horse because you don't want to go too big because you don't want this horse to kick nobody. But you don't see them showing up with ostriches uh, to the kids because they know just how dangerous those animals can be. But to bring an alligator gear, an alligator, what, what's the point in bringing a reptile to a kid's birthday party to begin it in the first place? So Anybody when- under eight or nine years old, bro, should not have reptiles at a kid's birthday party because guess what? They bite. Yeah. So would you are you against like the people that bring the snakes and stuff for the pictures and yes, stuff like 100%, that? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Why? Why? Like and, and and for you to ask that dumb question, does he bite? Yes, he bite. He has teeth. He just hadn't bit anybody yet. He just ain't got there yet. But if he get hungry enough or he get agitated or pissed off enough, he gonna bite you. And then once he bites you, then you gonna forever be scared of whatever that species is it ain't we ain't necessarily got to be that species you're gonna be scared of the whole damn snake community all together because it bit you all i'm saying is there's no place at a kid's birthday party for reptiles i don't think it's a place at all to bring reptiles at any age to to if it's not a zoo and you're not like a zookeeper and you didn't raise this uh this apex predator or this 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 predator period from a kid all the way up, then I don't need you here anyway. I don't, I don't need just a handler. I need this. I need this thing to think that you they parent. Because if you don't, if they don't think you they parent, then you know at the end of the day he gonna end up biting you. Like Gary, what's the point of me owning wolves, bro? Like I got a hundred percent wolf in my backyard. What's the point? And he bite me. Like what? So it's funny what you say that. that so make? literally right near me is a wolf sanctuary. You can hear them at night howling, but it's a sanctuary that like nurse wolves back to health or ones that can't be released back to the wild. They take care of them. Yeah, y'all got wolves in Florida, bro. No, I don't think we have wolves. It's so that, what the hell? What the hell? What? Why? Why the hell are you rehabbing wolves in Florida? Listen to what you're saying. I'm, I didn't say. Listen I to am. what I'm you're saying. saying. Did it. I don't even think you hear what you're saying right now. You got a rehabilitation center for wolves in Florida, but Florida doesn't have wolves. Make it make sense, Gary. Make I, it, it make sense. I'm not saying it does make sense. I'm just saying. And that I bet they, I bet they got them. I bet they got them wolves in like a six foot high barbed wire fence, huh? You walk by there and you see them uh, stalking the fence line every day, don't you, Gary? No, I've, I've never been there. Oh, I just hear them. I believe. So, I, so I got a question then. So you have all this hate, like I guess not hatred, but you but don't. It's not hate. It just makes no sense to me. So Gary. do you no think? Sense. Do you think? People can have a relationship with like a croc, an alligator, or a wolf. No, 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 uh uh-uh, uh, uh uh. Never special occasions. No, no, no. So it's funny you say that because 
There is, I was literally looking this up because I was going to bring this up. Uh, the man who swims a crocodile with a crocodile. This was a, they made a documentary about it. Okay. The name was Cheeto and the name of the croc was Pacho, a 16 foot uh, croc that the guy saw on the side of the road was when it was younger, nursed okay. it back to health and let it go. It like came back. And for the next like 15 years, they lived together. He lived in the pond, swam with them. Never one accident, one never once until the crocodile died. Here, here, here we go, Gear. Here we go. If I know, if I know you from like a kid all the way up, bro, I know your eating habits. I yeah. know what you like. I know what you don't like. I know what time you eat. I know when you're gonna be hungry. I'm not getting in that water and putting my life on the line when I know that you're hungry. If I know for a fact that, because he done went through the trial and errors and he done been in that fire Correct. of, ooh. I, he learned like, okay, all right, I'm. This is the most dangerous time for me to be in here with him. So I need to know that he's been fed this, or when he doesn't eat this right here, I know, okay, right now is. So he know him from a standpoint of when he's hungry versus when he's not hungry. I cannot know this alligator, and or this croc that you're talking about. But if you give me his eating schedule and you teach me what you know about him, then I also can be his best friend now because I know when he's hungry and when he's not hungry. It's the issue when we don't know when he's hungry. Oh, I agree. Is what what, what so, makes the difference? So my next question: What about like the relationship? Like I'm sure people's heard about as a long time ago. Christian the the, the lion. If you, Here, you you're not understanding. No, what no, I'm no. Saying, I'm, no, I'm gonna. Expo- I want you to explain you, you, you how you this deve- works. You d- you develop familiarity with feeding habits. Like if I if even with a kid, even with a kid, if I'd never met a kid at all, if I feed that kid long enough. His memory going to tell him that I'm a great person, I'm this, I'm that, and he's going or she is going to gravitate toward me because I'm their sole provider. Yes. And as, as a result of me being that sole provider, Gary, I'm learning things as I'm feeding them. So then, so here's my question, though. Now, now listen, now let me finish it now. So okay. Christian the Lion, I'm sure you've probably seen this video and just don't remember it. This was a big video that I think it was in the, in the 90s. So... These two guys, they saw this lion in a, in a, for sale and like some okay. thing. So they, a baby, so they kept it. They started to raise or whatever, and then it got too big. So they wanted them to bring it back to Africa. Okay. So they ended up getting it to Africa, and then they, they he went into the wild. They came back a year later, and the lion recognized him, came up, hugged him, played with them and everything. Okay, now listen, now... You could say, oh, he's familiar with them. He knows all that. The crazy part that I felt for it was he had a, a I guess they said, a girlfriend or wife at that time, the female lion. Never seen these people in his, in his life. And she was completely fine around him, laid on the guys and everything because the big lion, the male lion, remembered them and was familiar with them. And she didn't do anything. And then they actually went home, came back three years later and found him again. And he did the same exact thing. How do you explain that? Gary, look, this is, when you say relationship, you're talking about like, oh, they know him? Yeah, okay, fine, they they do, they know him. He he cool, he's he's well represented within the pack, they they have accepted him, and they appreciate him. In the event that that one male line decide to turn his back on that dude, he's screwed. Oh, I agree. It's a wrap. His ass getting eight, bro. It has nothing to do with its survival of the fittest. I agree. It blows. It blows my mind that people think that they. I, I'll give you Siegfried and Roy. 
when that damn when that tiger bit one of them, man, I don't know which one it was. They was like, man, you know what? That tiger been waiting years to get their ass back from all that beating that they took. All I'm saying is this: when you start working with predators, whether it's a lion, tiger, these big cats, these uh, these venomous snakes, and you know all these these apex predators or these predators just in general, whether it's a bird, whether it's a, it doesn't matter. When you when you when you deal with animals like that, man, you it's it's completely different. You you you're on a whole nother level, bro. It's like working with very serious murderous people. It's like a correctional officer at a at a high supermax prison, bro, when you work with animals like this. And I I don't see why you would want to. Especially bring them to a birthday party, a kid's birthday. No, party. I agree. I would. I wouldn't want to either. And I'm not one for bringing things to like a party or anything like that. I am for the people that are doing the rehabilitation stuff, but I don't. I'm not for if you're doing it to make money and do that. You should be doing it to help the animals and stuff like that. It shouldn't be about, like for example, they talk about. I don't know for sure, but they, whoever the lady that Tiger King hated. She was rehabilitating the animals and stuff like that, and people were coming out, and I think they were charging. I don't know what the money. I can't say this though, Gary. I I I will say this, and this is me being honest with you. You are only able to rehabilitate, like for instance, Florida. Florida couldn't rehabilitate wolves in Florida because wolves are not native to that particular area. So Mm -hmm. the only way that you could be a, a a a a um. One of those that that bring animals back or a rehabilitation uh, place for certain animals, that animal has to be local to the area or familiar with the area from that area or in that state. Like you can't you you can't have a rehabilitation center in Florida for tigers. Like that's just not now. Uh uh-uh. uh. You see what I'm saying? Well, and also I'm saying like in Florida, like if you're rehabilitating wolves, wolves have a huge coat of fur. It's really hot in Florida. If wolves no, I, usually live in the woods or up no, more up north, so it is a little weird in that aspect. But uh, question for you: Who do you who do you think has more alligators, Louisiana or Florida? Louisiana. That's yeah, one thousand percent. Louisiana has more alligators. Yeah. yeah, one. Yeah, they they hunt them and all that out there, bro. I I know you said you hadn't seen them, but they they out there in Florida, man. You can. Oh, have, I know they're out here. I don't. Yeah. I don't discredit. I just don't live in fear of them. Oh, I never said you got to live in fear. I just said, I, look, I just want you to Roman reigns them. Just acknowledge them, bro. That's oh, all. I do. That's I it. That's all I want there. you to do. Okay. I don't say they're not there. I just don't think yeah, they're. But you, I, I don't. I feel like you say that you don't see them enough to discount them. I, I, I don't want that there. No, my when I say I, I, they're here, I just don't see them because I feel like people that aren't from here, they think they're around every corner, and they're not. Like, yeah, they're in the waters, but, like, they're not going to mess with you. If you're swimming by yourself in an area where there's alligators that are frequent and they're hunting, eating, or it's mating season, yes, you don't do that. But we've had hundreds of people in the water, and they're not going to mess with you because they don't go around crowds. We're not crocodiles. That They're not crocodiles during the migration. This is a completely different atmosphere. They don't. They want to pick things up. Like you said, they want to get the little small no. animals. They're no. not trying to attack no. humans. Look, Gary, first of all, what you're not going to do is blame I, the way that we view alligators on us. Blame that shit on National Geographic. I We've agree. seen too many alligators snatch dogs, people, and it just look for, it, it looks horrible. 
Yes. And nobody wants to be that person. No. So you you respectfully, Florida has that title of having alligators, and they live up to that. Like we have seen alligators just cruise by golf courses as if and then attack 18, a soul. Dude, huge as hell though. But then attack a soul. It it doesn't matter if they attacking them though, bro. It doesn't matter. Uh, seeing something like that, man, is like seeing the what's the name of that damn made up alligator swimming thing from. Uh, Jurassic Park, bro, the, the Donadon or whatever they called it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what they look like when they come out of the water and they just walking across a golf course. Because the first thing you do is like, you see it and you're like, what the hell is that? And then after that, you just like, damn, how big is that alligator? That alligator is huge. And the first thing you start thinking about is like, oh, is it fast enough to catch me? In your mind, if it's coming in your direction, it's chasing you. There's a lot of things that come to your mind when you're looking at alligators. I'm sorry we don't live in Florida, Gary, and that we're accustomed to seeing alligators enough to where it doesn't bother us that you just roll through as if it's just, you know, just a neighboring pet. So do you do the same thing in the ocean with sharks? Do you not swim in the ocean because of sharks? No, I don't get my ass in the ocean. I don't get my ass in the ocean, Gary. I don't think you understand. I, I like being at the top of the food chain, bro. When you get your ass in the water, the slowest swimmer is faster than you, bro. And you immediately go to the bottom of that food chain. Because guess what? You can't hold your breath as long as those other animals can in the water. All they have to do is grab onto you and swim like they normally do. And they can drown you and it'll be the last time that your ass ever get in the water. Correct. That's why I don't get in there. That's why well, I don't it wouldn't get be in your there. last time getting in the water because you'd never get out, but um, <laughs> but in, in dealing with since we're talking about animals, what is your thoughts on what Norway just did with that giant uh, walrus? Oh, bro, so so hold on, I'll be clearing everybody in what happened just in case people yeah, don't know. Yeah. So in I'm case people don't know, uh, a walrus, a huge walrus, I think it was like twelve hundred pounds. It could have been bigger. Um, it was a staple in Norway, and it would come in jump on people's boats, never attacked anybody, never did anything like that. It got on their boats. It got on boats that, were, that nobody was in, and it just hung out on the docks and stuff like that. Well, Norway said, uh, it's a nuisance. We're going to kill it. And everybody was like, no, we don't want it killed. It's fine or whatever. But the, the I guess the fish and wildlife, whatever they are in Norway that they have, they decided, nope, we're going to kill it. And people were in an uproar over it. So, uh, I would like to hear what you think on it, and then I'll give you my opinions. I think I know where you're going to go, but let's go. Look, I I will always 100%, whether it's domesticated, undomesticated, uh, uh, euthanized, un-euthanized, I will always side with humans when it comes to animals. I, if they felt like that it was a danger and a nuisance, because maybe the maybe the people created this very problem that this seal experienced and it cost him his life. Hey, he was on the wrong side of evolution, Gary. I, I'm sorry to hear that, but I am always going to side on the side of people, whether it's a domesticated dog or whether it's a out of line uh, uh, hog or if it's a, a rabid a rabid squirrel. I, I'm always siding with the people. See, so I, I don't see anything wrong with this. I, I would have... Here's the thing, too, Gary. When, when, because we're growing as a population, people like we're the numbers are staggering, they're doubling, and then you see what's going on with you know these abortion laws that are changing. So, you know, it's going to be a baby boom here coming real soon. 
So with that being said, we're going to continue to grow. And as we grow, we're going to push populations of other animals out of their natural habitat. I get that. I understand that. I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm not also saying it's a bad thing because with growth, you're going to experience some type of change, whether it's good or whether it's bad, the change is going to happen. So we got to accept the fact that change is going to be something that change is going to be the only consistent thing that we ever experience in life, Gary. Uh, but with that being said, we, we have to accept the fact that, okay, we brought this this problem upon ourselves by feeding this 1,300-pound seal and allowing this seal to get so comfortable with us that it now can't rely on its own natural instincts to live its own life. So, yeah, we got to put you down. Yeah. So I'm okay I, with that. I completely disagree, and my reasoning is different than what you're going to think. So my reason why I completely disagree is because it's been proven – in multiple places, places we've actually been, that seals and walruses have been around people and they don't kill them. You can name San Francisco. They have seals and walruses literally on the boardwalk that people are walking. They don't kill them. We've been to Africa, in, in, in South Africa. They have the penguins, they have the seals and walruses that come up on the beaches that people are at. They don't kill them. So the, the aspect effect of so, so what you so what you what you trying to say? You trying to say they targeted this walrus? That's what no, you're saying? I'm saying until it becomes an issue, like if he attacks somebody, then I'm all for it. But he didn't do anything to anybody. So I, I, my thing is, I think it's until he does something. He hasn't shown he was being, he wasn't being aggressive yeah. towards anybody. He yeah. wasn't trying to mess anything up. He wasn't destroying anything. Yeah, until let me tell that, you something. I, that's why I have a problem yeah. with that. Let, let me let me tell you something, man. You do realize that a baby fell into a, a, a gorilla enclosure and they capped the gorilla. They ain't wait for the gorilla to do anything. They went ahead and put the gorilla down. By the and time I, this seal does anything, Gary, it's going to be too late. So we're going to go ahead is, and nip that in the bud right now. We're going to nip it in the bud right now. The whole thing with the with Harambe, he wasn't he was protecting it from the other animals. Other and they still busted. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's it what I'm right. telling you. I, that's what it don't matter. They didn't wait until he but did again, something. But but that's also a different situation because I, all, it was a baby saying, in it. I, all so then, so how do you explain all the seals and walruses in San Francisco, Africa, that they don't touch, they don't bother? Like, they're around people all the time. Look, because the seals and walruses in Africa and here and around our area are built different. <laughs> the ones that are in Ireland or wherever they at right Norway. now are not. They're very people dependent, okay, Gary? I don't know how people dependent this seal or walrus was, okay? I don't know. But apparently it was dependent enough of the authorities to think that it was necessary for them to put his ass down. I'm okay with that. I, I told you I'm going to always choose people over animals. I don't care how bad we are as people. I don't care how good they are as animals. At the end of the day, if one of us got to go, I'd rather it be the animal than one of us. No, I just, I just, I think until it becomes an issue, it wasn't an issue. But it was an issue, though. But it, it was only an issue to the official. It wasn't an issue to any of the people. That's the problem. It, but it was though, Gary. It, it, it became a tourist attraction where people wanted to see. Okay, it. so, so with that being said, so if there's a coyote or a freaking wolf or something like that that just was going around people and eating food out of their hands, and he never had an incident. They're gonna put his ass down because it's a, it's a creature. That could it's a predator that can put up some serious damage if it was to get mad because there's people now flocking to this animal and this animal at any given time because it's a wild beast 
and we have no idea its mannerisms or anything like that, if it get irritable, if it's having a bad day and it decides to snap on somebody and accidentally, like, nip somebody by accident. That's all it's going to take. So I, I think it was a better idea for them to put this damn seal ass down before he did something. Because, hey, it, look, look, you shouldn't have listened to the people. They let you down, bro. They let you down. You shouldn't have accepted the food day one. You It was should have been a bad idea. You should have thought when you was thinking, like, man, you know what? I should take this out of his head. Nah, I shouldn't. Take this out of his head. Nah, I shouldn't. You should have just said, nah, I shouldn't. Jump your ass back in the water and swam off. But because you took that little tasty treat, it cost him his life. Yeah, see, I completely disagree. But uh, oh. I also disagree with the aspect if a if somebody gets attacked by a shark in the ocean, they go try and find a shark and kill it. Yes, they need to put his ass down. See, I disagree. But, but, I, but how can you say that? This It bothers me that you say that when you're the same person that says if another person do something to another person, then that person should have to pay. If that's the same thing, if you go, if you go, if you feel like people on people is a crime when you do something, then animals doing something to a person or a person doing something to animals should also be a crime because animals are covered under our laws, Gary. I don't think so, you understand that. So if a damn shark bite me, I will want you and all my homeboys to go kick that shark ass. For one, you can't guarantee it's the exact same shark. It don't so matter. Somebody got to go. Somebody so, got to go. It's just like in, it's just the like the argument of the people versus people though is different. And and it it's would not actually different. No, it's I'm not gonna different. No, I'm going to explain. I'm going to explain. So it's this is how different. If your dog bite me, Gary, I'm getting his ass locked up. Just like if <laughs> I bit you, you would get me locked no. up. It's just, so it's so the, the difference thing. is. No, here's how it is. So if if in our in our laws, if somebody breaks it comes into your property, your home, you can shoot them and not be in trouble. Well, they're in their home, the ocean, and they got attacked and they were defending their home. So, no, they should not be punished. Just like the owner of a house, if somebody breaks in and then their property trespassing, they should not be in trouble. It's the same exact thing. Here, I'm jogging past your house, bro, and your dog run out and that motherfucker bite me and I shoot his ass. Is it not the same? If you're on my property, it's not. If it's outside of my property, you have the right. But if you're running in my property, you have no right. Okay, good. (laughs) So you're you're saying that that dog running out to bite me, that's not on the dog, that's on the owner of the dog? No, he's protecting the property. He ain't protecting no damn property if he ran off of it. If he if runs he off, of off it, his property, no, if he runs off of it, it's said, on the owner. There's owners like you. It's owners like you, man, that just let their dog out in the yard with no damn leash on it and just expect them like, oh, he ain't going to leave the yard. And he done bit somebody three streets down because your ass don't think he would leave the yard. You that person. You that person. I've never man. had that happen. I, look, you that person, bro. I'm telling you right now, bro. I'm telling you right now. If your dog is off a leash, whether it's a dog, a cat, a person, it don't matter. And you go do something to somebody, you're going to be held to the same standards as a human being. So if if your dog... Not if, like, you're, Tara, if you're trespassing in their home. You're you, you talking about the specifics. I'm talking the semantics. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this dog, this cat, this cow, whatever it is, getting their ass whooped because they shouldn't have did what they did. Now, if a you shark, me, if a shark jumps on the shark ocean... Bite me, you shouldn't go back and kill that damn shark because I shouldn't shark, be in the ocean. If, if a shark walks on the land and attacks somebody, you're all for killing it. I'm because you're now he's invading our territory. 
but we are in their territory. It's their home. Yeah, yeah. I own a, I own a, I own a beach house. I'm out on my, at my beach house. Which you don't, you don't own with the water. Beachfront property in the water, swimming at my property, and a shark bite me. You gonna tell me that it's the shark house? You don't own get the, the hell water. Out of here, Gary. You only get, hold get the out house. Here, get out of here, Gary. Get out of here. <laughs> Man, we're going to talk about something else because you lost your damn mind. <laughs> I, I, and I ain't even going to get to what I did this weekend, Gary. I want to talk about this because this has really bothered me. And I really, I, I really want to have this conversation because I very, very rarely agree with this guy. And I 100% agree with him on this. So Antonio Brown came out and he was talking about uh, uh, Tom Brady. He said Tom Brady has manipulated the game. He's manipulated it so much to where, you know, he's he's had an opportunity to take 14 days off from training camp. Do you agree with what A.B. said and how he said it, or you think he shouldn't have said what he said? Because I really want to dive into it. I 100%, before you say what you're about to say, I 100% agree with what he said, but I want to put some context to what he said after you tell me how you feel about it. So when you say there's context, I think that's where I have the issues. I think it need, it could have been said in a better way or you a know different what? way. I'm, I'm tired of that shit, Gary. I'm tired of you. I'm tired of America. You just said you got to have I'm context. I'm tired of the world. All that shit kills me, bro. When I say, when you say, well, it, 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 he could have said it better. It's not that he said it better. He said it the way that he said it. The way we interpret it and the way that he said it is Two completely different things. No matter how he would have said it, everybody would have still interpreted it the way that they interpreted it, which is how you interpret it. So that's why I want to hear what you about to say. No, I, I do agree to a point. Like I am one who's never for uh, favoritism and treating somebody different. Like, uh, and this is a prime example. When we've done AFWB, you know I treat everybody the same. I don't care who you are. I expect you to do everything everybody else is doing. Doesn't matter if you're a superstar person that came on the trip or you're somebody who's uh, just a special teams guy. You're all doing the same. You don't get special treatment. I'm all for that because I don't believe in the special treatment aspect. Now, I will say I did like having a day off or two during training camp when I was uh, when after when I went to the Pro Bowl and I was doing all that. But like I didn't ex- I didn't expect it. I didn't ask for it. It was just given to me. It's not something I, I expected to happen or wanted to happen. I, I just I took it, obviously. But I think when you talk about like Tom Brady or even like we can bring up Joe Thomas because I play with Joe. Joe got days off, but Joe also never missed a game in his career until his last season. So like he got a day off every week, basically. And it would be like the easy days. It wouldn't be the full pad day. It might be like a shells day or shorts day, and he's just – Walking Gear, through. Yeah. Gear, what you're talking about right now, every player has got at some point Correct. in their career, whether it's old age or what. That's not what we're talking about. This is not the same thing. Tom Brady got 14 consecutive days where he has not been in training camp in a pad, a helmet. He ain't have to think about football. Hell, he probably somewhere with Gazelle right now, or Giselle. Gazelle in Brazil with, with, somewhere. With a gazelle? Yeah. <laughs> with, in Brazil somewhere chasing uh uh, little gazelle babies. I don't know. No, see, I, I, I'm saying I love 14 the, straight days, Gary. So I love the conspiracy theory going around right now. Um, if you don't know about it, there's a conspiracy theory. People are saying that he's doing the mass singer, which is why he has his 14 days off. Uh, and uh, I'll give a little shout out to Pat McAfee because he broke this down uh, on his podcast. 
and he talked about uh, the reason why people believe that is because he signed a deal with Fox when he retired, and Fox is the Mass Singer. So part of the deal could have been he's, he was going to be on the next season of the Mass Singer, and he already had signed a contract because he wasn't going to play football. Well, he decided to come out of retirement and play football. Well, he still has that contract. It can't be torn up now. So that's why he had to get that 14 days off. That's the conspiracy theory right now on where people think he is right now, which how hilarious would that be is if he missed training camp for the mass singer? You know how much hell the other players would give him because right. it would, obviously he wouldn't care, but I do. It will, it will be a bad look for the league in general that somebody was allowed to do this during the season when they talk about how important it is to be in training camp and do all this stuff. And it's basically a, no, I don't need to do this. I'm good. Yeah. I, I'm finna tell you something, bro. And and I rarely ever say this, but I probably may have said a lot. Fuck people, bro. I, I'm <laughs> saying that fuck people from this standpoint. AB came out and said this. And when he said it, I understood exactly what he was saying. Everybody was like, how dare you call out Tom Brady? He never once called out Tom Brady. He never once called him out at all. In, in fact, he never spoke ill will on Tom Brady at all. He was pointing out the fact that they gave Tom Brady two weeks straight off from football for his mental issues, physical, whatever the case may be, they gave this man two weeks off. And A.B. asked for X amount of days or, you know, he's never been given two weeks off. All I'm saying is this. A.B. has a leg to stand on from this standpoint right here. No player in the history of the sport has been given 14 consecutive days off for personal reasons and personal reasons only. Unless it was, you know, like if it wasn't a death in the family or you're dealing with something like serious like that. I understand Tom Brady's greatness. I understand that there, there may not be another player like that. In some, in some people's eyes, Tom Brady is the greatest player to ever play this game. Even with that being said, there was also a greatest player before him that didn't get 14 days off. So Correct. that mantle that he took before he took that, the Steve Youngs, the 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 Jerry Rices, the all these guys, they didn't get those 14 days off, Gary. Correct. Well, you can just go ahead and that's all I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is like I understand, I, I recognize his greatness. I do recognize his greatness. I understand that everybody is not treated the same. I understand that. But 14 days off? That's no, tough, I, I agree. Gary. That's and tough. I do that's feel tough, like Gary. Training some... camps, what, 17 days? I'm well, going through how, – how can you explain that? How can you explain that to somebody on the bubble, Gary, that's fighting for their NFL career and, you know, maybe Tom Brady is that difference. Maybe this player that you gave 14 days off is the difference between a wide receiver making the team and a wide receiver not making the team. I'm pissed. No, I, I agree, and I think you would have the right to be pissed. I think – at some point, they're going to have to come out and explain why he was gone for 14 days. They can't just let it go without being explained. It's going to have to be explained. Otherwise, you're going to lose. They're going to say it on wow. camera. Wow. The players wow. on the team are going to say, oh, we're fine with it. We understand. But yeah. I guarantee you in the back of their mind, and they're talking to yeah. themselves, they're not all right with it. Especially wow. if he comes out week one, week two, and plays terrible. You know, that's all going to contribute to those it 14 days off. It doesn't even matter how long he play. And I, I can understand. I don't give a damn if Tom Brady was 57. Yeah. And they was like, hey, he ain't going through no more training camps. 
either if he not going through training camps, you mean like he ain't going through like preseason preseason football games? What people are not understanding is like Tom Brady's not practicing. He's, he's not, not meeting nothing. He, that's what I'm saying. Like this is this. I can understand if you're not playing in a preseason game, you're still there. We can see you. You're still coaching players up. You're still a part of the team. Like he's 14 days absent. Well, I think that's why I think they're going to have to explain it because there's also new players in the team. Julio Jones is there. Russell Gage is there. Receivers Man. that need to be able to work with him. They're not going to have any idea how he is or anything until Man. he shows back up. And that's going to affect the whole team chemistry. Dude, it's guys right now. And 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 I, I, I let me let me explain this to some people right now so it makes sense to what I'm saying. So Tom Brady, as good as he is, Tom, Tom Brady, let's just say he's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. Let, let's just go down that that band, that 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 rabbit hole. He's the greatest of all time. He has seven Super Bowls. He has X amount of champions. He's going he's going. He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot. We know that he's done all these amazing and great things. He's taken off 14 days. If I'm a linebacker, or a DB, or somebody on defense that's fighting for a job, one interception from Tom Brady can change my whole career. But if he's not there for those 14 days, and I'm cut within those 14 days, and I'm not allowed to show you the talent that I have, because everybody already know when Tom Brady step on the field, he elevates everybody game. Okay. Right. I'm just talking about the effect of him being on the field and him saving jobs as it relates to me doing mine. So if he's not there for these 14 days and I'm picking off this backup quarterback every so often, you know, I, I can still get cut. I could pick off Tom Brady one time and I'm in the league for life. Yeah, no, I said, that's what I'm saying. They're going to have to explain the absence. And that's why I think the conspiracy theory of the – whole aspect of the mass Singer is outrageous. I want to know who sat down and came up with that conspiracy theory because it's got to be so ludicrous because if it comes out, it would have, it's not going to come out. If it, if it, if he did it, it's going to obviously be shown. That's going to be such a slap in the face to the rest of his team. And that's going to be a hard one right there, Gary. Because there's I, nothing now, you can say about it. Oh, yeah, sorry. Mass Singer was more important than the NFL. I've heard a lot of things, and and that's the that's the only thing that I. And again, I I'm not speaking ill of Tom Brady. No, I think Tom Brady is a really not. good quarterback. He's going. He's a Hall of Famer. He's all that. All I'm saying is, is these 14 days because of the Tom Brady effect, because of how brilliant you are, because of how good you are, you affect everybody's jobs around you. You create those jobs, and you also take those jobs away in your absence. So because you're absent, there's a lot of people, in my opinion, I feel like are losing jobs or losing real critical time being looked at because you're not there pushing the other guys, if that makes any sense. Well, and I think that's, again, I keep going back to it, but I think they're going to have to explain why he's gone. And again, if they don't do well this season, it's all going to become right back to this 14 days. But that's off. the thing, though. They're they're gonna. They're, it's it's not going to come back to that gear. They're going to do well because Tom Brady loves football. He's fucking great at it. He's been playing great at a high level for a very long time. So that's not going to be an issue. It's not that he needs the time. It's not that. It's not that. This is not about Tom Brady. That's what I'm trying to get people to understand. This is not about Tom Brady at all. Tom Brady and his preparation. He's going to be ready. Tom yes. Brady is going to be ready. What I'm saying is, is I want the other 10 that's playing with him to also be ready. 
they don't necessarily have a chemistry makeup that Tom Brady has. So because they don't have that chemistry and that makeup that Tom Brady has, there's going to be a learning curve. And that learning curve? Which, again, could cause them not to do as well. Yes, they're still going to do all right. But, like, so imagine they go – they get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. It's definitely going to get brought up the 14 days off. If they if they, if they they sneak in the playoffs, wild card, whatever, and they don't win the division, you don't think that's going to be brought up? Now, if they go to the Super Bowl again, even if they lose, nobody cares about those 14 days. He's going to expect oh, no. those 14 days no. every year, no. even I'm, next year when I'm, he comes back another year. Bro, I, I, I'm telling you, Gary, I training camp lasted years for me. I don't know about you, but it lasted years for me. It was the hardest time of all of football because they put you in uncomfortable situations and uh, make your, and try to make you make it comfortable. That's what it is. You're staying in college dorms. Uh, you you know you go with the the bare minimum from a from a football player standpoint or from a professional athlete standpoint because you travel you know very light with just your clothes and stuff of that nature. You in these uncomfortable situations and living conditions rather uh, because you're not in your comfort zone. You have to step out. You're playing. Uh, you're sore every day. You're lifting weights, Gary. And you mean to tell me that I can get 14 days off from this? Just simply just being great? I agree. So uh, it is a uh, – I will always stick by this saying. I've told you multiple times. I've told other people. One of the best times of my life was the first August after I, re- I retired. And I did not have to do training camp because I had done every August since my sophomore year of high school has been football. Putting my body through all that. And I'm telling you that first August where I didn't have to go to training camp was one of the best moments of my life because my body just felt completely different. Uh, so, that, so, so, Gary, I'm going to ask you three questions. I get these three questions all the time and then we're going to end this podcast. Well, I have one question after that and then we're good. My first question is this. Do you miss football? I miss the games in the locker room. Everything else about it, I hate. Okay. All right. If if you can go back and do it all over again, what would I wouldn't you have re-signed with the Browns. Really? Mm-hmm. You would have listened to me. Well, because I don't think I would have got cut after one year. Uh, I think the Browns decided to cut me after one season to sign me a three-year deal. I think I would have got my two years, and I would have retired myself after the two years. I would have played out a three-year deal. I would have retired the two, and I would have been done at ten years, like I wanted. That was my plan from the whole time was to play ten years and and be done. I got nine uh, because they want they released me, so I would not have re-signed with Cleveland. And it has nothing to do with the fan base of the team. It was just all the front office and not trusting me to give me my next year I wanted. Granted, I wasn't even that expensive, but I would have signed somewhere else because I know I would have got to play my next two years. And last thing, <laughs> as you look back at the game today, like football-wise right now, who would you think is like the new Gary Barnage? Like your – Dalton like, Schultz. Oh, okay. Okay. Look at you. You have thought about this. Cole Komet. Well, because I think – so I, the thing is, I always try to model my game after Jason Witten because he could run block and he could pass catch. So I think you have to be able to do both. I don't like the aspect of just you, you're only a receiving tight end. Like I would never say Kyle Pitts because that's all he does. He's not a good run blocker. 
Okay. Oh, he doesn't catch balls. I think Cole Komet, I think Dalton Schultz do a good job in the run game, and they also can catch the ball. So I would say in that form, that's who I would try and compare them to because I felt like I did both. Again, I had what my one of the years where I was the second tight end, I was literally the best pass blocking tight end in the NFL. Like I, that's what I was literally <laughs> I didn't like and that's the thing is like I knew I wasn't gonna get the catches, so I'm yeah, gonna make sure I'm doing something. So like I not pat ourselves on the back, Gary. Let's not pat hey, I, I I just gotta, you know, because the thing is you only get labeled by you only get your credit for the catches. Nobody pays attention to your blocking, all they care about is catches. And I think that is lost upon a lot of tight ends nowadays. A lot like Greg George Kittle. Prime example, he is a dominating run blocker, and he's a great receiving tight end. Kelsey is a great receiving tight end. He's a mediocre run blocker, and he knows that. Like That's not a knock on him, but he doesn't have to. They have another tight end that does that. And I think I just I, – I would say that would be more like me as Dalton Schultz slash Cole Komet because they do, they do both. They're not one-dimensional. Ah, uh, this brings this up, and then I'm going to let you ask your question on a scale – of one to ten on a pass blocking or a run blocking skill, where would you put Greg Olson? How good was he? <laughs> uh, run blocking, I would say he's probably a five and a half. What? Okay. All right. I'm waking people up in the house. Go ahead. <laughs> and he never had a pass block, so I would say a three because he never had to do it. Okay. I did. I had to do the pass blocking. You go, you go ahead and ask your question now, Gary. Because um. <laughs> so my question: Who do you think? Sort of, who's your pick to be uh, MVP of the league and defensive player of the year? Aaron Donald. Either. I don't think he wins defensive player of the year just because he doesn't put up the numbers. They don't. They um, won't. Get so. so 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 here's here's the problem. Aaron Donald should never not win the he set the bar so high that he plays at that level of greatness all the time so when he plays at that level of greatness like when other people do it you just like oh man he had a great year like tj watt for instance tj Watt was defensive player of the year but if you look at his numbers and you look at aaron donald's numbers aaron donald numbers are better than tj watt numbers from a position standpoint this is a defensive tackle, Gary. I agree. It's a defensive tackle with defensive end numbers uh, and with his impact to the game. So he would just win it hands down every year if it just purely came down to most impactful defensive player on a team. It'll be Aaron Donald every time. So because of that, they have to carve out these new niche sections to where they're like, oh, okay, this will – this will make sense if we pick this guy over here. But I, defensive player of the year, I'm going Aaron Donald, just purely impact of the game. MVP of the game, of the of the year. And I'm going to probably get a lot of backlash from this, but he has everything working in his favor. And, like, the dominoes are set, bro. Like, I'm talking about from a standpoint of literally he can go from – from uh, just a regular guy to the MVP like that, and it's set up for him. And I'm talking about Tua, the quarterback for the Miami That's Dolphins. That's a super dark horse. I, I, I'm going, I'm going him, and this is why I'm going him because nobody's expecting anything out of him. 
all he has to do is have a winning season, Gary, have a winning season and decent numbers, and that'll put him in the MVP race and potentially win it. Because they're they're in the they're they're in the right division with the New England Patriots. So all he has to, he has to see Mark Jones twice a year, and if he can up in Mark Jones, Mac uh, Jones, Mac Jones, I'm sorry, uh, one or both games, and like outplay him and make it to the playoffs, he's a he's a shoe in. He's a shoe in because I mean I, you got Josh Allen over there on that side, you got Patrick Mahomes, but they expected so much out of them that. You know, if they don't play well, then they're not even in the MVP race. All he has to do is just show up and throw the football. That's literally all he has to do. He has the offense to do it. So can a running back – Hell no. That, no just no. listen. Can no. a running back that rushes for 2,000 yards and 18 touchdowns win the MVP? No. The, the only way it'll happen is if you're coming off of some significant injury. Adrian Peterson, he did it because he came off of ACL – and when he came off that ACL, he rushed for 2,000 yards and it had never been done. That's why he got the MVP of the league the time that he got it. He was he had deserved it well before that, but he was always kind of up for it. But you got to do some – you got to go through some really hard times, bro, to, to, to get that. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey, he, he, he ended up getting the offensive player of the year uh, for his role and all the yards that he had. But he wasn't up for the MVP. You see what I'm saying? So what what about if a running back uh, rushes for 1,700 and catches for 1,200? Well, see, that's the thing, though. That means the quarterback threw for 1,200. Hmm? So it still come back on the quarterback. This is a quarterback-driven league. Correct. Here. And because it's a quarterback-driven league, no matter what the running back does, like when, when – and, and I hate to even talk about this guy because he was that good. Drew Brees. When Drew Brees was in New Orleans, he would throw for 5,000 yards damn near every year, and he was never up for the MVP year. Never up for the MVP. No. You see what I'm saying? Well, because he was playing with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. That's what I, and that's what I'm saying. So now imagine imagine a guy that, that doesn't have that now in Tua. There's nobody in that division that he's playing against. I mean, you. If, I mean, well, he plays Josh Allen and Matt I, Jones. I, I, I don't think Josh Allen is as good a quarterback as they think he is. I just think their defense is that good over there in Buffalo, to where he has extended opportunity or extra opportunities. Very similar to when Carolina Panthers went to the Super Bowl that Super Bowl year. That defense played out of lights out. Same defense. It's the same exact defense that he took over there to Buffalo. He running that same exact system, and they're doing the same exact thing. So Josh Allen is getting more and more opportunities over there on the offensive side of the ball, and because he's getting that many opportunities, he's making he's making the best of them. But if he get the the if it come down to one of those games where both defenses are good on both sides, then I think that Miami has a chance. And I'm I'm going with two as my super dark horse. What about you, Gary? Who I'm you going think? I'm going Justin Herbert from the Chargers. So last too year, hype. too much hype. Too much. So hype. last year they were I think fourth or fifth in the NFL in scoring. He threw for threw six uh, six hundred passes. They're going to be better this year, and their defense got a lot better. The defense got Khalil Mack now. Yeah. They have J.C. Jackson and Derwin James. Too much James pressure. Back. Too much pressure on them, Gary. I don't know. It's too much pressure on them, man. I'm telling you right now, dude, this year there's going to be an MVP candidate that come out of nowhere that nobody's expecting from a team that didn't win last year, 
And it's going to be somebody that's going to be a surprise. Like everybody's talk, talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody talking about how uh, Joe Burrow got them back today, winning ways. They are the Cincinnati Bengals at the end of the day, bro. And they're going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. They're going to go back in that cellar where they usually dwell, and they're going to be there See, again this year. I will say their offense is so good. The problem is their defense is nowhere uh, near as good, and I uh, think that's going to hold them back. I don't know uh, if they can recreate what they did last year because their defense didn't get better. Their offense no, got better, but their defense didn't. Yeah, and 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 that's where their that's where their Achilles heel is in that defensive side of the ball, where it didn't used to be the defense; it used to be the offense. So it's funny how things change. Uh, very similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, man. I, <laughs> I, I, I can't tell you. I, I've never in the history of the sport seen like what been a part of. So I, I've watched. Have you ever watched the team get bad, Gary? Like I've seen the Pittsburgh Steelers from a from a positional standpoint. That offensive line used to be the pride and joy. Yes, they were. Oh, uh, uh, bro, them, they can't block anybody. Well, they don't have anybody anymore. Oh, get everybody's bro, going. I, <laughs> but it's all see, young guys it, now. It, it it blows my mind too because the numbers haven't changed. The people have though. Yeah. So when you're looking at the numbers, you're expecting the same type of play out of fifty-three. You're not getting that. You're not getting that that pouncy love no more. This is no. this new kids getting ran by. I'm like, dude, what is going on in Pittsburgh? And everybody was like, oh, we're gonna be better this year. Well, <laughs> you're gonna go through a few running backs if that's the case, because I hadn't seen them black. Well, they don't got yet. one. They have yeah. one. Najee is gonna get ran through the ground, and yeah. I just hope he stays healthy because he's gonna get used so much. They don't need him. Yeah. I'm hoping Derrick Henry because that's the reason why I ask is Derrick Henry's coming off of that foot injury. So he only played he was he literally finished in the top ten rushing and he only played eight games last year. Yeah. And that's, that's outrageous. That's, and he was he was up for the MVP, but he wasn't really up for the MVP. No, but that's what what like, he plays a full thing and he say, what if he breaks the rushing record? He can break the rushing record, but if somebody's breaking the quarterback record along with him breaking the yeah, rushing record, he won't. It, you see what I'm saying? But yeah. but that's usually how it work out, though, Gary. It usually work out that way, and I don't understand how. Like for years and years and years, when I'm like, man, this running back is doing really, really well, breaking records and like 600 yards in front of the next running back, I'm like, dude. This guy right here, he definitely going to get some MVP considerations. And then I look at the the quarterback in the wide receiver race, and there's a wide receiver out there with 3,000 yards with 46 catches and 86 touchdowns. I'm like, damn, who throwing him the ball? And then, you know, that's the quarterback, like Aaron Rodgers, for instance. I don't even know if anybody know this, but Aaron Rodgers in, the, like, the last five or six years has only thrown, like, five or six picks. Yeah. His entire yeah, he's outrageous, dude. I, that's what I'm saying. So how are you telling me that this guy is gonna get beat by a running back that's just putting up average numbers? Like you can't a thousand yards or fifteen. Well, that's what I said. Yards. If he beats the it's, rushing record, dude, does he's, he gonna have to, he's gonna have to put up two thousand yards rushing and a thousand yards receiving. Well, Henry ain't him, catching anything receiving. We know that. That's and that's <laughs> what's gonna be his downfall. And that's yeah. gonna be always and forever be the knock on Henry is the fact that he can't catch the ball out of the backfield and do some of the dumb stuff that we've seen running backs make uh, those plays in that passing game. Yeah. Yeah. But I know we gotta go. We would have ran over Gary. My bad. I apologize. Uh, 
thank y'all for joining us today. You know, I, I'm glad we ain't got to deal with a long time, but you're back here with the cinnamon and sugar guys, and we rolling. As you see, we got rid of time for the day, so y'all don't have to deal with them right now. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping that he alone this time. <laughs> we out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 